Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you all having a fantastic day out there today. So, today, Focus Friday, Focus Friday on this podcast is synonymous with Nick's wild card. Whatever I want to bring to the game today, whatever I got, um, I guess in theory, all these days are wild cards, but, uh, well, Friday is just the wild card to the nth degree, bringing it out, bringing fire in here. And uh, so with this wild card, I will actually not today be talking about the NFL draft, even though that's about the only thing going on in sports right now. I was joking with a patient of mine earlier, and he actually brought it up. He was like, man, the NFL draft is good. I've been watching it, but, like, I usually don't pay this much attention to it. Like, I'm not watching it all the time. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. And we're like, okay, why Why is that? Oh, yeah, because NBA playoffs aren't on, because all the live sports aren't on. Because in my world, having the live sports, that always trumps having a preparation for other sports. Or at least usually does. It's very, very rare that it wouldn't. So in this case, all right, we got awareness of that. Makes a ton of sense. Um, But no, that is not what we are going over today. So what are we going over today? Well, for my residency, we have these journal clubs once a month where all the residents, we decide a topic and we present an article on that topic. once a month. We also once a month have a skills review where kind of just for whatever things we're working on that we want to get better, we'll have each resident kind of rotate through and just do like three or four skills that bam, 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 we hammer out, we try and practice, we get really, really good. Just have a formalized thing that we can do with the rest of the clinic as well, not just the residents. Um, because of this whole crazy COVID thing. There we go. It'll be the acronym. Crazy, crazy COVID. Crazy COVID. Uh, for crazy COVID. Um, we are not doing the hands-on skills review because of proximity of a ton of people. So we're just doing two journal clubs a month um, for one of the uh, elective, elective but mandatory yet, um, educational opportunities that we participate in. And so this upcoming week, we are doing them on the lumbar spine, so low back and movement coordination disorders. So basically people have to figure out kind of how the heck do I move from my lumbar spine that's related to some kind of pain other than, okay, how do, what do we do about it? More intervention-based. So just saying this right off the bat, this talk today is going to be biased. It's going to be biased in the sense of I know that my target audience will be physical therapists who already have a background understanding of this topic that I'm presenting the article to. So please take that with a grain of salt when you all listen to this or for y'all who are just saying, hey, let me jump out the plane, have my parachute and pull my parachute now so I don't have to listen to all this rambling. You can do that too. Whatever floats your boat. But today, I'm just going to share that article because practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice might have an opportunity to make perfect, but practice makes permanent. We are what we repeatedly do. We might as well strive after greatness and see where that lands us. So this talk will be a little bit different than what's upcoming because I do have a handout I'll be giving out to reference to some of the people I'll be presenting to. 
but hey, we're just going to take you right for a ride. So, first article I'm presenting is by Layered et al. And this was in 2018. And this was out of the Biomed Central um, Musculoskeletal Disorders article. A journal, excuse me. And so out of this journal, um, the article for in 2018 was subgroups of lumbopelvic flexion kinematics are present in people with and without persistent low back pain. What the heck does that mean? So people with persistent low back pain and people who basically flex from their spine and the movement of that, there are subgroups within that. There are groups of people who move differently for people with back pain and people without back pain. And we can use this to kind of understand it. So for this study, there are 266 participants. And these participants were um, split. Um, data was collected both in Denmark and in Australia. Um, so we've got some uh, inter-country and intercontinental research going on here. So with these two, 266 uh, subjects total, 140 of them had persistent low back pain. Uh, then they had 126 match controls. So pretty big end, pretty big number to help. And this makes sense that you need that to get some good data if we're truly trying to classify these movements into subgroups. With the four subgroups, the first subgroup was a normal forward bend flexion, a ratio between the lumbar spine and pelvis of about one to one. Now, subgroup two was lumbar dominant. They had much more movement from their lumbar spine, more flexion, and less movement from their hip. Number three was just the reverse of that. They were pelvic dominant. Their lumbar spine stayed relatively stationary, relatively flat, and then their pelvis moved a lot. Number four here. Number four was what we call guarded. They just did not like to move. And it's interesting, right? So. If we break down in subgroup one, the normal movement, 78% of the people without back pain were in this group. Of then 25% of the people with, with back pain were in this group. If we go to the lumbar dominant, the ones who move through the lumbar spine more, 17% of the normals, no pain, were in there, 30% of low back pain were in there. Okay, so we're getting higher. Now if we go to pelvic dominant, where the lumbar spine doesn't move very much, we have even less normal, only 6% normal. So let's see, it's kind of not a very normal motion. Uh, then, out of the people with low back pain, 24% of the people with low back pain were in this group. So an equal likelihood between this group and group one so the pelvic dominant and group one the standard for low back pain. Now, in the last one, 14% of the uh, people with low back pain were in the guarded category. So that's kind of the percent from the breakdown for everybody who has low back pain. People in low back pain are more likely to be in the lumbar do dominant subgroup. Now we're going to break it down by category again. So in group one, the standard normal, 26% of this group had low back pain. So with a normal flexion bend, 
26% of that group had low back pain. Now here's where it gets interesting. This lumbar dominant group that we talked about, 71% of them had back pain. So if you're moving more from your lumbar spine, not from your pelvis, it's likely that 71, around a 71% chance that you would have back pain. Now for the pelvic dominant group, who does not move from the lumbar spine, but moves more from the pelvis, they have an 83% of that group had low back pain. Now, number four. Four is a guarded response. Out of the people in the guarded response subcategory, all of them, 100% of them, had low back pain. Here's the interesting thing, too. We break it down even further. And as we break it down even further, in the normal motion, out of the people that had low back pain, 36% of them had leg pain. Out of the people who moved from their lumbar spine more, lumbar dominant, half of them, 52%, had leg pain. That was, again, related to their low back. Pelvic dominant, who moved, didn't move from their lumbar spine, but moved through their pelvis more, that was the least, actually. So out of the people who had low back pain, they were less likely. There's only 22% of them who had leg pain. And then the guarded response group, well, that's the highest. That sucker jacked right up. So out of how all of them had low back pain, 77% of them had leg-related pain. That is huge. Huge. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Now, we're going to break down the results further and kind of how did these vary. As we kind of go down the subgroups, and this makes sense, right? So um, The normal movement had more total motion for the trunk and for lumbar and pelvic than did the guarded group. Uh, then the ones who were more lumbar dominant or pelvic dominant were somewhere in the middle. And again, these trends kind of keep going on. As far as uh, ones that had the better lumbopelvic rhythm, that was a more normal lumbopelvic rhythm. That was kind of straight in the middle for the normal group. And there are other extremes throughout there. And when looking at the uh, lumbopelvic rhythm, we look at, hey, how much does the lumbar spine move versus the pelvis move? And so it makes sense that the lumbar dominant group had the higher numbers, had the higher ratio, whereas the pelvic dominant group had the least. It's just about what moves more and what doesn't. And here's a really interesting thing, the flexion relaxation response. This is basically a analysis of the activation of the erector spiny muscles are uh, stabilizers for a low back and that these can be correlated with increasing low back pain. The groups that were lumbar dom dominant and the normal moving group, basically those who are willing to move through the lumbar spine, had significantly less of a flexion relaxation response. In other words, they were able to relax a lot more in the low back than the other groups who are more guarded and who are more pelvic dominant, which makes sense is just uh, describing that. And then as far as the time it took to achieve flexion, the guarded group took a lot longer time to get there, which means that they had more time under tension. Now, with this, for activity limitations, 
So out of the people who have low back pain, if we compare subgroup one to four, so the people with um, the people with normal movement and group four, the people with very guarded movement, the people in group one who had low back pain were only 30%, 31% limited from their normal activities with the report. Whereas the people in subgroup four, the guarded, really tight response, were 48% limited in their daily activities. So that was their own report. So they felt more limited for the guarded group. Again, these are people that have low back pain. But then the people um, who they did a survey for uh, uh, what they call a survey of flexion, um, aggravates, and extension eases. Um, that was a much lower score for the standard movement who had low back pain and a higher score for the guarded response. And this makes a lot of inherent sense, right? If we're able to flex, if we're able to relax, it's because we have low back pain and we want to be more guarded because it's more severe and it's harder to, possibly. Or, it, which makes a lot of sense, or is it the other way around and that actually a tightness and a lack of willingness to move actually can exacerbate the low back pain and make it more problematic. There's research and there's evidence out there for both of these. So in summary with this article, we can say that, hey, there are four different groups or strategies of moving your back. And both people with back pain and both people without back pain exist within all these in the spectrum. But within certain subgroups and movement patterns, it is more likely that if you move that way, that you may have back pain due to this and that we can see it's kind of cross groups and this may inform our evidence of saying hey it's more important to retrain movement for potentially preventing back pain for people and now i'm presenting another study and this study is out of the same journal it is out of the same journal for biomedical central musculoskeletal disorders it is an article that was released in 2019 by Layered et al. That name should sound familiar. And the title is, Does Movement Matter in People with Back Pain? Investigating Atypical Lumbopelvic Kinematics in People with and Without Back Pain Using Wireless Movement Sensors. This should sound vaguely familiar too. So the author is the same, the journal is the same, the year is one year different. Believe it or not, even the subjects of the trial are the same. I found two articles that used the exact same number of 266 participants that they had 140 with low back pain and 126 match controls. The majority of the authors were the same and even a couple of the pictures in the article were the same. That's pretty good evidence. They did the same damn thing, just collected a lot of data and said, ooh, we can make two studies, not just one. So what did they do? They did just that. So these are the two studies they made. This is what we're talking about. So for this one, they're looking at people with typical or atypical movement patterns. And what they did is they took and they stratified the group who had, uh, who had no low back pain. And they took percentiles and they said, hey, for all these kinematics, for all these things, these movement related things we're trying to measure, let's take between the kind of bottom 10% and the top 10%. So they're looking at what they classify as normal is between 10 and 90%. So between 0 to 10%, the lowest amount of normal, that's considered abnormal. And then 
between 90% and 100%. So the higher 10%, that's considered abnormal. And with these, they compared it to the people with low back pain. So they looked at the actual numbers. Then if you have the atypical proportion, if you're in those outer limits, how much, how many more times are you likely to have low back pain? So to clarify that, and we'll give an example here for the first one. For the total trunk, trunk flexion range of motion, it's for a standing flexion. You are going to have, on average, for no low back pain, no pain, 111 degrees. Now, you're going to have 93 degrees of flexion from the trunk if you have low back pain. Those are the averages. And now here's the interesting thing. For a small, um, for this, if you are atypical, there are 5.4 more times people with low back pain in the atypical range versus the typical range, versus uh, people without low back pain. So if you've got, if you're way lower for range of motion significantly, you are much more likely, you're five times more likely to potentially have low back pain. Now, we look at the range of motion that is also true for separating out, not just trunk, but less for lumbar flexion and less for pelvic flexion. Great. So less motion overall equals there are higher amounts of uh, people with pain in that category versus people who are pain-free. But there are people who are pain-free, remember, so we're not trying to say that this is the only factor. But this may be an important factor. Now we look at extensor muscle activation ratios. And this is, hey, how jacked up are these? And so people with who had a lot higher numbers in muscle activation were a lot more likely, and especially specifically of extensor muscles, erector spinae. And this is a key measurement of not being willing to relax your spine, not being willing to move into flexion from your lumbar spine. They were about five times more likely to have people with low back pain in this category. Now, as far as how long did it take? On average, to go through flexion, took about 2.3 seconds for those without low back pain. And then, with low back pain, about 3.2 seconds. Doesn't sound like that much difference, right? Only 0.9 seconds. But here's the thing, that's a 40% increase. 40% is a lot. And so if you're in the extreme ranges of motion for taking longer, you're about four and a half times more likely to have back pain potentially, or at least people who are in that group. That's the way it played out. Now here's the thing. Looking at all the kind of variables of the kinematics, the way people move, comparing uh, those with back pain, comparing those who had low levels of low back pain or high levels of low back pain. And the cutoff was at a six out of 10. So if you had at least a six out of 10 pain, then you were in the high pain category. If you have low back pain and it was less than six out of 10, you were in the low pain. The only thing that separated these two, high pain to low pain for those who had low back pain, was a decrease in range of motion. So the less range of motion you had, the this was correlated clinically 
to an increased intensity in pain for above a 6 out of 10 on average, statistically. Pretty interesting. So we can boil these two studies down, and we can say that, hey, those people who are willing to move more through their lumbar spine are less likely to be in back pain. And so that makes sense. If you, you are already in severe back pain, it's harder. But here's the interesting thing with the second study. They did this in both standing flexion and in seated flexion. In seating, so in standing flexion were all the differences I described. Interestingly enough, in seated flexion, none of the differences occurred. There is no difference at all between groups. Between groups with low back pain and those without. So potentially there's a load component. So potentially for rehab, we need to load these people better to get them stronger, more resilient, rather than encourage them to actually relax and not be splinting through their erector spinae muscles too much over time. Anyways, hope you all enjoyed that. A uh, little bit of an interesting research review. Thanks for bearing with me. Again, practicing it. So for my delivery, it can be a bit more succinct. Make some modifications, but it's all about getting yourself out there. Again, am I nervous right now? Yeah, a little bit. It's natural, it's normal, that's fine. Nervousness just means you're excited. Ain't nothing wrong about that. Um, but it's all about time getting myself on air, getting myself exposed, getting myself comfortable being uncomfortable. That's half of what this podcast is about. About putting myself out there and making it happen. And y'all can do it too, right? You don't have to do it on certain platforms or whatever, but just the idea of the practice of taking simple action steps every day to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable. A little bit. Don't go crazy. You can if you want to go crazy, but don't don't survive on crazy 24-7 because that would be crazy. Make yourself a little bit uncomfortable every day and grow and do something about it. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Keep it real out there. Simply not easy.